shared in the testimonies in the last uh, session, uh, I'd like to add this word here. I think it's important. Uh, what one of our sisters shared about listening. Yeah. Listening. We need, we need to learn how to be good listeners. Good listeners. Um, in a moment, we'll, we'll want to show you some slides and some um, statistics and so on. Uh, you know, one, one of the points, one of the points that uh, the serving ones uh, in our study in the recent years, um, you just can't get around this, this matter that the uh, suicide rates among young people in, in, uh, in America, actually globally, are just increasing, are just increasing. Um, listening. We, we need to learn to listen to people, to pick up the signs when, when people are in distress. But we should be fostering this kind of atmosphere in our homes, just in a normal way. If this could be done, actually, a lot of, I think, many problems could be avoided as children, uh, as children grow. I want, to, I want to add just a couple of more uh, words uh, to, this, to this list. Um, this, what I, what I want to add now, relates both to the home life and to the serving ones. Because here we do have quite a number who are serving, don't have children of their own, biological children, but are serving uh, in, in the children's meeting. And I'd like to put these uh, four, four words here. Um, infuse and inspire. And then in pairs, identity and community. We need to do our best from the time they're so young to infuse our children, our next generation, with these two things. A sense of identity and a sense of community. And by community, I mean this church life family. This church life family. <clears throat> I think the, maybe the best or one of the best examples of this is actually found in the book of Daniel. You know, with, with Daniel, when, when the book opens, already there's a lot of action going on. Nebuchadnezzar's armies from Babylon are coming to take the city, besiege the city, destroy the city and the temple. And then something symbolic happens there is it talks about them going into the temple and taking the gold and silver vessels. So it mentions this specifically. <clears throat> and that's just a picture of the children. A picture of the children. And they destroy the temple, they destroy the city, they carry them back to Babylon. And then it makes a point that this Nebuchadnezzar looks upon God's people and he decides that the best ones 
the best ones should be brought into, seduced by him, and brought into his service. So they look among the royal seed particularly, and they choose the top ones. And they want to train them. They want to train them. And they, they bribe them by giving them the best, the royal dainties and the best food. And then you have this famous verse, Daniel 1.8. But Daniel, but Daniel, purposed in his heart not to be defiled with the king's meat. That little phrase, but Daniel, what's behind that? What is behind that? There, saints, there's so much behind that. Behind that, there is a sense of identity and a sense of community. Behind that, there's a, there's a feeling. I know who I am. I am one, God, one of God's chosen. And I cannot touch anything that is defiled or that would defile these lips defile this person because it was the custom there in Babylon that many of their even their foods would be offered to idols before being served to the king and you don't know specifically was this what's before me was it or was it not offered but even there's a possibility Daniel said no even over the possibility. And then, when he purposed in his heart, and he stood for the Lord, others around him got emboldened. Imagine there, were no, there was no Daniel. You know, Daniel had these three, three friends, right? Right? Hananiah, right? Azariah, and Mishael. He had these three. And when Daniel rose up, they stood with him. Imagine no Daniel. We don't know if the other three would have taken the initiative. Now, from where did this young Daniel get the wherewithal to make such a choice and to make such a stand? I do believe we must give the credit to his family. I do believe there was an infusion There was an infusion, probably over years, for this young vessel. For this young vessel. At this moment, no parents around. At this moment, no what we would call serving ones around. You can't rely on anyone. His experience must be firsthand. Firsthand. But where did it come from? I believe... It came, at least in part, from Deuteronomy chapter 6, the verses we read at the beginning of the second session. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. There it says that we need to ourselves love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul. Right? We love Him. And then it talks about the Word of God. The Word of God being handled in a household. And it talks there about the parents speaking with their children when they're rising up, when they're going to bed, when they're around the table eating, when they're journeying on the way, even to put the Word of God in their household 
and to even wear it. Right? There was an atmosphere of the word. And this, saints, this is not by preaching. This is infusing. And eventually, eventually, there's an inspiring that happens. An inspiration to action. We need this. We need this in our households. Too often, too often, uh, we may have preaching and pushing. Preaching and pushing. Rather than, rather than infusing and inspiring. I hope that we could take this word to the Lord in each of our situations. Again, all the children are different. All the children are different. Our testimonies could inspire one another, but should never be taken as the way. Because we each need to find a way. We may hear testimonies of one family that has some breakthrough, some success. You could learn from that. Maybe you try to apply a little bit. If it works, that's wonderful. If it doesn't, don't give up. It's just that the way didn't work. For your family, there will be a way. So I hope that we could, we could be before the Lord concerning, concerning this matter. And how can we infuse the Word of God to our children in a way that doesn't close their hearts, in a way that doesn't cause them to be bored. You know, children get bored. I still remember this uh, uh, testimony um, years ago when we were laboring at Queens College. Uh, we came, we met a dear sister, and she uh, already was uh, uh, um, in the Lord and from a very godly family, very godly family. Actually, that family had the brethren background, just like my family background, uh, in the brethren denomination. They loved the Lord very much. And I recall <clears throat> that eventually some of us, we got to know them and started meeting the members of the family, and they invited us to dinner in uh, their home. This college sister, she had a high school-age brother, high school-age brother, when we got to the home and we were having uh, dinner together, this boy brought this point up. He told us that every morning, at least from Monday to Friday, the family had time together in the Word. Oh, I was so impressed by this. But do you know, it was for one hour. And it was one hour of daddy preaching to the family. This young brother, he said, Brother Ricky, help! Because <laughs> maybe our dad will listen to you! Like this. Well, <clears throat> I didn't have the heart to uh, interrupt what our brother had built up. But I do know this. That's probably not the way. That's probably not the way. But you know what? Those children, I think they were five. I don't know if you brothers recall. There were five in this family. They respected their parents, they loved their parents, and they sat through that and suffered that. Day after day, week after week, and for years, and for years. So I got to give it to him, that, the, that those, the, our, dear, our dear brother. But I would recommend 
Don't do that. Don't do that. It's not preaching. It's infusing. And it must be of interest to the children. The children, if we're going to have a time of being in the Word together, it must be interesting to the children. And saints, when we talk about like a family meeting or family worship, uh, I don't know what, what that is translated to each of us. But actually, we're just talking about sitting maybe on the floor together and singing some of the children's songs. Five, ten minutes. Good enough. Then maybe, maybe, if you want to do more, memorize the verses that each child is assigned. You could have a time where the whole family memorizes together, including mommy and daddy. So you don't tell them. But I know in in many households, and I, I remember sometimes... In, the, in my household like this, Lord's Day morning. Oh, no. where's your craft? Where, where, it's, where's your verse? It's on the craft. Where's your craft? It's on the, it's on the uh, refrigerator. Then you go there. Ah, it's not there. Oh, there's panic. You're calling someone. Who's, what? Okay. And then on the way home, I'm, I'm sorry, on the way to the meeting, what is it? Come on. And you're, okay. Mm. The there's no atmosphere of love. That's atmosphere of school. That's an atmosphere of school. And then when they can't, and then, and no wonder sometimes the children walk into the meeting hall already frustrated on Lord's Day morning. Yeah, I hope we don't have something like that. I hope we can have an atmosphere, even the family come to the meeting in such a joyous and happy, happy way together. Now, to have a time during the week to read the verse together, uh, be acquainted with the story even. And of course, with that, it's a good opportunity to say we should have more fellowship between the parents and the serving ones to know what is being covered and what are the stories so that we could reinforce whatever lesson was being presented, whatever point was being stressed in that Lord's Day meeting. But this can be it can be a joyous time. Especially, I would like to uh, mention, which we have in the past, mention these two websites, these two websites as resources for all the parents. One of them is Bible Story Songs. Bible Story Songs.com. Bible Story Songs.com. There you will find so many uh, songs. CDs that you can order and and actually we use them in our children's meeting we use them in our Bible camps very much sometimes one CD will hold the theme of one of our Bible camps many of the churches in, throughout the, the, nor, the North America practice this way they take one set of songs and the stories from which those songs are drawn become the topic of a Bible camp it's so good to know those those songs, um, I'm I'm like one of the sisters mentioned. I, I I also am thankful I have a second go round because we didn't have many of those songs when my children were children's meeting age, but now we have all these hymns. I'm learning them with my grandchildren, and every time I make another visit, I learn another song. And sometimes what you could do is just leave 
If the children are, are, are at home, just leave it playing over and in the background even. There'll be some infusion. Actually, the whole household can be infused, including mommy and daddy. And, and I have to tell you, some of those songs, after being with my grandchildren, they're all in California, I come home and I wake up with those songs. Yeah. And actually, the Lord speaks to me through those songs. So I, I could testify. This, what, this really, the songs could really help with this point right here in the matter of the atmosphere in our homes. The other website is thebibletellsmeso.com. The Bible Tells Me So. Just all together, no, no spaces. The Bible Tells Me So. Dot com. And there you will find books, uh, coloring you know, material, activities books that are saturated with the word. That could just be a good resource for the parents. Okay, so we want to mention that. And, oh, videos also. That's right. Videos. And, and they're, they're, we have a team of saints who are working very much to build up, that, especially that, that site. We will have resources there. Go back and even if you're familiar with the site, go back. You might find something new even, even this week. So we want to encourage you with, with these two. Okay. Another thing I'd like to mention, actually, for all of this, for all of this, and especially for the atmosphere in the home, um, one of the brothers mentioned in his uh, wedding announcement, this verse. We actually read it this morning. Joshua 24:15, the second part. As for me and my house, we will serve Jehovah. Or as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Every head of house should make such a decision. Every parent should make such a decision. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. However, for the atmosphere in the house to be such, it greatly depends, it greatly depends on the sisters. On whether or not the sisters are content. The sisters are happy in the Lord. And so, actually, to have any of this, it really depends of the life of the sisters with the Lord. You know, our second banner this year is taken from Isaiah 37:31. Take root downward and bear fruit upward. Sisters, I hope in your sisters' prayer meetings you would pray for one another. Pray for one another's times with the Lord. With some sisters, because of whatever stage of life they're in, especially with young children, um, there is a disruption or a great change in their schedule from what they had when they were single. And to navigate through these, uh, this change over a period of months or years, and maybe just when you're coming out of it, the next child comes, and then that happens again and again. Oh, the sisters need our prayer. The sisters need our compassion 
Sisters, the atmosphere of the house, we know, depends very much on how, how you are. I hope we could stand with one another for this and pray for this. And we'll save more fellowship for four weeks from today. On the 29th, we will have a sis- the sisters' conference. So we'll be able to say more there. Uh, one of the brothers pointed this out at the break time. Isn't it interesting that on uh, this year we have a conference on February 1 and a conference on February 29? Yeah, this is the leap year, so we have the extra, the extra day. And the Lord is providing this time. But I would say in both of these sessions of fellowship, so much is for and depends on the sisters. That the sisters could have the proper supply. You know, it says in, in, um, in uh, Timothy that the older sisters among us should help the younger sisters, right, to manage their households. Actually, part of that is shepherding them to ha- navigate how to have times with the Lord in the midst of their current situation. Again, our situations are all different. So we stress so much the morning time. You know, with some sisters, it just doesn't work. You have, but you have to find a way, some time, to have times with the Lord. And they may, not be, they may not look like they used to. They may not be as long as they used to be. But how important it is that all the sisters get the proper supply in the Lord. I hope, we, I hope we pray for this. Okay, could we, sh- we want to show you some of these uh, points. Let's start with, could we start with the uh, crucial elements? Crucial elements. Yeah. This is um, taken, this is an excerpt <coughs> from uh, a book called Crucial Elements of God's Economy. And who would think who would think that in a book with this title, you can find something related to raising our children? This, saints, was a conference, I believe in 1978, given by Brother Lee, here in our little meeting hall there in the, in the front of the property. Um, I was not here at this time. I was actually living in, in, on the West Coast. But some of you, might, I think, were here and might remember this fellowship. In message six, which was the final, the final uh, meeting, Brother Lee opened the meeting for questions and answers. During that period of time, he was doing that quite a bit in his conferences. And uh, maybe we could, let's read the question, let's read the question together. Uh, I'm pretty sure this was by a mom. I'm pretty sure this was by a mom. But go ahead, question. Amen. Okay, answer. Some, yeah, let's, let's read the first paragraph. To be... Yeah. Uh-huh. 
And here's the first lesson. First, in order to raise our children to love the Lord and to come to the church meetings regularly, we must be proper persons. We must have a proper living before the Lord. Proper living before the Lord. Uh, Then it talks about... Okay, thank you. Um, Being genuine here. Therefore, we need to be genuine. The point is, you can't tell your children to do something, then you yourself do not do it. Let's go to the next, uh, next page. Yeah. Um, here. Besides being proper persons, parents need to exercise their wisdom. This is an area in which most parents are lacking. It is easy for a parent to have love, but it is not as easy to have wisdom. Parents must exercise their wisdom to discern whether or not to charge their children to come to the church meetings. So he's saying here, actually, it might not be wise to push your child at this stage to go to the, to the, church, to the church meeting. Um, here it says, according to our discernment, we may exhort our children. However, some parents are zealous without wisdom, and their zealousness offends their children. The more they charge their children to come to the meeting, the more they offend their children, causing a strong reaction. Next page, please. Yeah. Um, Then here. Oh, wait, let me read this last sentence. If our children are in a certain condition, it may be better not to charge them to come to the meetings until their condition improves. I was very touched with this answer, a little surprised, Um, but this is a very God-man answer. What I mean is very human knowing the condition of, of, of the children. Okay, then, finally, parents need to trust in the Lord's mercy. How about we read this part together? Romans 9:16 says, Amen. 
Then another question, how should I regulate my children concerning watching television and movies? I think today we would ask the question about being on their cell phone or, you know, like, like this. Uh, it says, because of the current age, it is very difficult for parents to forbid their children to watch television and movies. I think today we would say the same thing about the, about, about the phone. We, uh, therefore, parents need to exercise their wisdom to restrict which television shows or movies to allow their children to see. We also need to teach our children the reasons for our restrictions so that, when, uh, uh, so that they will understand our decisions as they grow older. We need to give them proper explanation according to their age, not prematurely. We should not tell them something that they cannot understand. Our training must be according to the age. Then, uh, this is the main point I want to get, uh, bring you to in this, in this writing. To raise children is not easy or simple. It requires that we spend much time with our children. The more time we spend with our children, the better. We should spend at least two hours every evening doing nothing. But, next, being with our children, talking to them, teaching them. This will make them happy and give them good training. If we do not spend time with our children, we should expect that they will have problems. Then in this question here, this is about sending children to the dormitories. Actually, eventually, he says here, in order to properly care for a 15-year-old, we need to spend 14 years to educate the child. The point is, sometimes by the time we get to a situation, they're 14, 15, we actually had 13 or 14 years to prepare, but often we squandered. We didn't realize that we're preparing today to face that situation. And this comes back to this point of showing interest and being involved with, with, with the children. Can we go to the uh, second of the three files? See if you can get that. Uh, yes, okay, very good. Uh, next, uh, yeah, go down, sorry. Yeah, we're gonna skip quite a bit of this. I only want a, a few, uh, keep going, please. Uh, okay, here. Generation Z, born after 2000. This part is just to give a kind of a, a definition of our young people today. This, this, that is very different from the prior, uh, prior generations. This is young people today in general, but it includes many of our uh, young people. 15% use screen media more than four hours a day. 4% have a biblical worldview, post-Christian beliefs. 33% say gender is how I feel inside. And this is a matter of identity. So just absolutely anti the scriptures. But this is, this is people's philosophy and view, including some of our children now hold such concepts because they were infused by these, these concepts. 51% say happiness is a goal based on financial success. 39% interact with people different from them. Okay, this is a more positive uh, uh, development. 33% believe family is at the core of their identity. That's low. Used to be higher in prior generations. 58% experience being depressed or sad with 27 likely to be treated for poor mental health. These are growing. These are growing. This group is a very respected uh, uh, group uh, that, that does studies uh, 
among Christian young people. Among Christian young people. Okay, keep going, please. Okay, this is interesting. We presented this to some of you in the serving one's time. Top five reasons why church dropouts say they stopped attending. This is among young adults 23 to 30 who attended a Protestant church regularly for at least a year in high school. Now they were asked, they were asked, do you still go to church regularly? What we were told in this study, 67% said no. Or 66% dropped, almost two-thirds. 34% still continued. So they asked the ones who continued to go, why do you continue to go? The ones who dropped, why did you drop? And these are, these, this is from the, the ones that dropped. Okay? And these are, the, these are the major factors, reasons. They moved away to another place and they stopped attending. Okay. In our situation, among the churches, you could hardly move somewhere where we don't have some connection. We can connect them with saints in different places. But even having that, many slip away. Actually, many come to New York from other localities, not with the intention to continue their church life. But it's our burden to find every one of them. So this is, this, we have to pay attention to this. Just moving changes their church life. But these next two I want to I wanna highlight. Church members seem judgmental or hypocritical. A third of them had the feeling that the congregation judged them. This has to do with the atmosphere, not only in our home, but in our church life. I hope we could overcome this, that we would not have a judgmental atmosphere. And then this one, I didn't feel connected to people in my church. And here it's not just talking about companions of the same age. It means they did not have the feeling this was their community. This was their family. This is very interesting because the converse is also true. Those who stayed, those who stayed, uh, you'll see this in another, uh, another uh, uh, page, gave reasons why they stayed. And one of the key reasons is that they developed at least five intergenerational relationships with members in their, con- in their congregation. That means not just companions. You know, we stress for years, we always stress spiritual companions, that it's so important. And indeed it is. But actually, not just this. If they have only that, they may not be able to remain. They need connections with saints of all ages. Of all ages. And then we started asking our saints, and even ourselves, what about us? What is our experience? And I have to say, at least I can say, I can say, this is really true. I came into the Lord's recovery, into the church life here when I was 15 years old. And I developed relationships through the service, especially through the service, through being invited to homes of the saints, connections with saints older, 10, 20, 30 years older. And, And this became my church life family, my family. And I believe many of us have the same uh, testimony. We need to pay attention to this. Uh, we didn't, I don't think we got it in time, but uh, we wanted to actually show you a couple of pictures of what was going on on the other side 
uh, while we're meeting here. Some of the older saints. Did you did you get it? Oh, you you got. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Playing checkers. Chess. Oh, chess. Sorry, chess. He said he didn't know how to play chess, so he's teaching him how to play chess here. Oh, my goodness. This could go a long way. This could go a long way. Do you have some others? Oh, there we go. That's the other side. Oh, look, look. See, he's pointing. This is what you do. Yeah, Brother Timothy's learning here. Oh, very good. Very good. I think this boy will remember Brother Timothy. Yeah. Okay, next. You have... Oh, there. Oh, okay. More. More chess. Chess seems to be a popular way. Okay. I wouldn't have thought that. Okay. What else? Oh, okay. I don't know what that is. What is it? Candyland. Oh, I haven't played Candyland in a while. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to the uh, survey. But you get the idea, saints. You get the idea. Are we back? Okay. Keep going. You're going? Yeah, I think it's several down, several down. And, mm-hmm. Should be right after this. Okay, right now, uh, yes, this one. No, no, next one, next one, sorry. Yes. Our inability to retain our youth through the pipeline. Five characteristics. They lose their identity as a, as a follower of Jesus. Their value system shaped by the world. This, this is from this group. But I think when we look at our situation among our next generation many of these things we have to admit this has happened okay this is all on the negative side let's go one more because on the not one more on the positive side one more okay this and the next one look at this uh, the study sticky faith sticky faith how can we foster in our next generation a faith that sticks with them and these are the things they found out these three things the pattern and care of their parents the ones who said they continued in the Lord a great uh, reason was parents and grandparents the influence of the parents and grandparents but but again not the preaching but the pattern and the care the pattern and the care and then a dynamic personal experience with the Lord before the age of 17. Before the age of 17. It does seem that 16 and 17, it, that's where they decide, I'm going to follow or not. And when those who follow, maybe follow for their whole life. At a critical age. Okay. And then, as I mentioned, meaningful intergenerational relationships with five other members of their congregation who are not their parents or youth group leaders. Okay, not parents, and this is what we call serving ones, the youth group leaders. Five. Very interesting that among these young people, two studies came to the same conclusion. Five connections. Five connections. Whether that's somebody else's parents, or their neighbor, or some saints who invited them over, or somebody's grandpa, or... Five connections. I think, Emmanuel, you, where are you? You told us this statistic, right? Of our children's meeting and our average attendance. Five to one, right? Yeah, I, I was blown away when I heard that, that, that at the, uh, you know, at the semi-annual celebration. 
Oh, saints, saints. It does take a village to raise a child. All of us, all of us need. We just need to know them. We just need to love them. What a strengthening. I know in my family, with our children, what a strengthening to have others who are paying attention to them at critical times in their lives. Because there are times when we cannot reach our own children. Even we tried all of this, we couldn't reach them. But others were there. Others were there as shepherds, as friends, not preachers. And kept them. And then, eventually, we get their hearts at the end. Oh, brothers and sisters, what a, what a blessing to have the church life. But the church life has this potential but it's not a guarantee. Not all our children end up feeling this way. Oh, we do, we do want to pray for this moving forward. That, that the, our children will be drawn into the church life family. Okay, I think that's all that I have. Uh, brothers, if you want to jump in. Or again, open to the saints. Saints? Amen. Please, share your portion. The testimonies before were very helpful. Very helpful. We hope you could feel free to strengthen the word by your experience. Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. Uh, I want to uh, share with you some thought concerning child education. I came from Beijing, China. I'm a professor. And I've learned uh, education. I graduated from teacher's college. I thought I knew about education. But I'm a complete failure in, in bringing up my own children. My oldest son, he, he's excellent. He didn't require me to spend that much time. But when I brought my younger son to the United States, I was very frustrated. It's too free in this country. Uh, excessive freedom. He did not have any uh, lim limit, any boundary restrictions. Uh, I and my wife would pray for him daily. Still, he plays with his phone and he doesn't go to class. And he often skips classes. Uh, we didn't know what to do every day. We prayed to the Lord. 
没用呢。Lord, do something with your mighty power. We can't do anything to our son. 我们每天跟他谈话也是没用。Uh, when we talk to him, it seems useless either. 再加上当时我的岳母人呢，呃，一八年得了癌症，一九年一八用两年，我们都在中国给老病。Uh, my mother-in-law、uh, had cancer in 2018. So in 2018 and 2019, both of us were back, went back to China. So we have lost some control over educating our children. So, but we did not lose our faith. We did not lose our faith. We still pray that the Lord will do something. We still pray that the Lord will do something. We still pray that the Lord will do something. We still pray that the Lord will do something. 你是不是要借着我的儿子来操练我啊 ？Lord, I ask the Lord, are you trying to teach me something through my son? 呃，经过这样一段时间 ，and through a period of time， 奇迹还是发生了。Uh, still, uh, then there's a miracle. 我先讲一个昨天发生的事情。I、uh, mentioned something that happened yesterday. 也可以叫，也可以叫今天凌晨发生的事情。Uh, also, may, you can say something happened this morning. 昨天是他母亲的生日。Yesterday was the birthday of、uh, his mother. We were saying, "I said, 'Son, your mother's birthday. How can I surprise your mother?'" Well, what kind of surprise do you want to have for your mother? He said, "You wait." He said, "Don't worry about it." I wrote a poem for my wife. Using pencil, it became a poem. It became a poem. When she came back, I gave it to her. I wrote it in calligraphy, put it in the frame, so when she come back, I can give her. 可是我的儿子没有回来，我不知道他在。他说他出去给妈妈搞惊喜去了，我不知道他在做什么。But、my son was out, and I don't know what kind of present he's preparing. 结果直到十一点。Uh, until eleven. 夜里十一点。Uh, eleven at night.、PM. 他在布鲁克林的最西端的，已经是在半岛那个位置上，给我们打电话，让我们去接他。Uh, he called from、uh, the western end of Brooklyn and asked us to pick him up. We took him out. He gave me a cat and he gave my wife a cat. He said, "Dad, you are always at home. I have to go to school. I can't take you. This cat represents me to you." He told me, "Dad, you are home most of the time." And I had to work most of the time. I can't spend time with you, so let this cat accompany you. 那只猫呢？花猫呢？都送给他妈妈。And he had a、uh, another cat for my wife. 他给他妈妈那只猫起了一个名字叫双色玫瑰。Uh, and he also named the cat as the double color rose. 给我的这只黑猫呢，叫黑珍珠。And he named my cat, which is black, the black pearl. 而且他第一次非常郑重地说 ，And he, uh, uh, for the first time, he seriously said. 他说：“妈妈，爸爸，我们不断，我不断在惹你生气。Mom, Mom and Dad, I know I've uh, uh, caused you a lot of grief. 他说：“我现在知道我以前错了。”No, I'm wrong in the past. 他说：“我从现在开始。” He said, "From now on, 不会让你们那样操心。” I don't want you to worry about me. Ah,、uh, 我会每天每个星期天都到教会去。I will go to the meeting every Lord's day. 我也会每天都读圣经。And I will also read the Bible daily. 嗯，他说，让神在在我们这个家永远和我们在一起
He said, "May the love for the Lord be always in our home." So you can see I'm very moved、uh, even till now. So you can see I'm very moved even very moved even till now. So you can see I'm very moved even till now. So you can see I'm very moved even till now. So you can see I'm very moved even till now. So you can see I'm very moved even till now. So you can see I'm very moved even till now. So you can see I'm very moved even till now. So you can see I'm And he said, "I also want to grow spiritually." He told me for the first time, "Said, if I don't believe in the Lord, I will be a terrible person." And he also said, "Thank the Lord that、uh, to, to keep me away from Satan." He spent his money from his work to to buy these things for us. So he's going to school and he's also working at the same time. So he's going to school and he's also working at the same time. So he's going to school and he's also working at the same time. So he's going to school and he's also working at the same time. So he's going to school and he's also working at the same time. So he's going to school and he's also working at the same time. So he's going to school and he's also working at I first need to love the Lord. Then I need to love my parents. And also the brothers and sisters in the Lord. So, my experience is, we not only have a method, but also a confidence. This confidence is from God, not from us. So, my take is not only we need methods, but we need patience. But this patience does not come from us. This patience comes from the Lord. So, the Bible says it's not by wisdom and wealth, but it's by the Spirit of God. So, the Bible says it's not by wisdom and wealth, but it's by the Spirit of God. So, the Bible says it's not by wisdom and wealth, but it's by the Spirit of God. So, the Bible says it's not by wisdom and wealth, but it's by the Spirit of God. So, the Bible says it's not by wisdom and wealth, but it's by the Spirit of God. So, the Bible says it's not by wisdom and wealth, but it's by the Spirit of God. So, the Bible says it's not by wisdom and wealth, but it's by the Spirit of God. So, the Bible says it's not by wisdom and wealth, but it's by the Spirit of God. So, the Bible says it's not by wisdom and wealth, but it's by the Spirit of God. So, the Bible says it's not by Myself and my wife a lot through this. We may be able to control ourselves, but you really can't control the child. Only God can control them. Maybe you can control yourself, but you can definitely not control your children. Only God can. I want to let us and all our brothers and sisters together establish our faith. My last word is for a child to believe in the Lord, he will never be wrong, and because the Lord's Spirit is working on. 好，谢谢兄弟姊妹，我就讲到这儿。Yeah, I really want to follow our brothers. Testimony regarding prayer.、Um, actually, all three points. I'm a church kid.、Um, ever since I can remember, <laughs> go. Well, first of all, go to the meeting and stay in the meeting. Don't get out. In in Taiwan, it's very easy to get out. I mean,、uh, and there's a lot of stuff around there. But anyway,、um, this matter of prayer, which、um, I I. I have to say, the one thing that I remember about growing up is to see my mom in prayer every morning. I mean, that is just—it's impressed on me so much. If there's anything I remember about my mom, it was her prayer. I don't know what she was praying about. I know that she was crying and praying and and 
and petitioning for something. <laughs> but, um, and as a parent myself, um, I realize uh, how, how important prayer is, yeah, in particular for our children. I mean, yeah, you know, it's not by power, it's not my, by might, it's by the Spirit. And the prayer is, an, is the exercise of our spirit. Because the Lord is doing this. It's not my teaching. It's, maybe it's my husband's teaching, but whatever the case is, it's by the spirit. <laughs> yeah, so saints, prayer. Um, we don't see the results right away, but it works. Hallelujah for the prayer and hallelujah for the pattern. I mean, if for nothing else, um, the fact that I remember my mom praying. I didn't know what she was praying about, probably about us. There were eight of us. (laughs) We got a situation there. But anyway, um, amen. And and, um, the personal experience with the Lord... um, before age 17, um, even though I'm a church kid, I have to say, not every children's meeting or young people's meeting was a personal experience of the Lord. I was there, but but personal experience with the Lord. So we as serving ones, and even as parents, as bystander even, and I shouldn't say bystander, as the saints, as the... As the um, as a corporate body, we need to encourage our young people, which leads right into point number three, um, the relationship. We are each other's parents. We are each other's children. I mean, it is so important. Other than our own children, other than the serving ones, we are all, we are members of the body. We, I would just say my own experience, um, I mean, this is later on, anyway, um, after getting married, having children immediately, um, I just remember myself, like, <laughs> what's happening, what's going on? And there would be the sister um, calling me middle of the day when I was probably watching soap opera or something, <laughs> and she would call me. Sister, what are you doing? Mm, you don't want to know. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. It may not be the, it may not be the teaching, but it's, a, it's the care. It's, the, it's remembering one another. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Uh, our brother shared two very helpful websites to us, and I just want to... Uh, give our own short testimonies how how much my family and myself are very benefited from these resources and the first website is really the children's song and then and then first uh, our children really loves that and and whenever I'm alone when my wife is very busy in in handling her own uh, own businesses and then and then this is the first the best way for me to be with my children rather than Rather than just worldly children's song, like what was a shock song, um, uh, 
this is much better. This is much better, and we can play in the car when we were driving to to different meetings, and then even at night before they were bed, I, I can testify that they they benefit, and I myself was much benefit. I did not grow up in the church life, and then these children's song just helped me to to have a quick revision of all these basic backgrounds, especially on the Old Testament histories. That that if you now ask me the four names, the the names of the companions of Daniel. I need to recall one of the songs from the BibleStorySong.com about the names of Daniel's companions. I need to recall them in order to answer our brother's, our, our brother's question. And then the second is really about the second website that they published uh, coloring books. And uh, I just have the feeling to, to check the website before this fellowship. And then I just found out that they have a lot of new books came out last year and also and two years ago for my boy who is at the age before entering into pre-K. They have a lot of books that I found very suitable for them. And to me, the first advantage of all these materials is it helps us to, to save the time to, to select the materials for our children. The serving ones, all the saints have spent so much time to help to select appropriate materials for me. Why do I need to spend other time on Amazon how to find other materials? It's just a no-brainer to me. Whatever they release, I just buy them immediately. And I feel that this is the best investment for my, for my, for my, for my children, rather than thinking about their toys. Toys are not beneficial, but these books, these songs are so beneficial to, my, to our family. And then, and then, and then we receive them uh, right away after we, we delivered it. So, extremely fast shipping from, from, from Anaheim, I think from the second website. And we, we opened the materials, we found the first set of materials we ordered is about gender identity. One book is, I'm a boy. The other book is, I'm a girl. Our children definitely need it even before they enter into pre-K, and before enter into kindergarten, because there was, there was, there was one time, two years ago, we uh, my, my, my first son need to went to pediatrician for a regular checkup, and then in the in the reception, then then it was a pile of three books offered by 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 the by New York City government. I pick it up because it says free. I open it immediately. I need to throw them away because they show pictures of one baby with two ladies. I think you know what I mean. I think you know what I mean. I have two mummies, or let me say very explicitly, two mummies and one baby. I have to throw that book immediately and, and pray to the Lord, I need to be cleansed by you. What kind, of, what kind of things that the world is trying to infuse to us and what are we going to infuse to, to our children? I think these resources are so helpful to me that I don't need to find any other resources. Buy them, I can testify, it's my best investment really the best investment to my children. It may cost some money, but you are good. It's, again, our pattern. What are we going to spend? Why don't we just buy the things that are, that are, that are created by our serving ones? We really, I really appreciate their, their, their effort in, in coming, bringing up, creating all these materials. Amen. Amen. And the second point I want to share is really about identity because uh, I do research on adolescents and Identity relates to a lot of negative things. Uh, of course, I don't study uh, I, Christian, Christian identity, but, but there's many, many, many sort of identity that adolescents will encounter. 
uh, one important thing is I study racial racial identity, and and we have found that if the if the adolescents do not have developed a well identity in the process of their development, there will be a lot of negative consequences happen, especially to mental health, especially to mental health. At the, and then it just reminds if our children, our young people cannot develop a healthy identity as being a Christian, they lose. We lose them. And also, they will have a lot of questions when they grow up as well. Then really, this matter of infusion, this matter of infusion, help them to establish the identity and they find a community in the church life is so, so important. If they have that, Serving ones will feel very easy, and I believe, I believe that they will grow very healthily as they grow up. Amen. I'm sorry. If the rest of you got up, I wouldn't get up. But uh, anyway, I just want to say a couple of things. One is the pattern and care of the parents. And uh, I made a lot of mistakes bringing up my kids. But one thing we did, and uh, I think Sister Phoebe and Sister Anna encouraged us to serve our kids on children's meeting. And I didn't really want to. I resisted it because basically I'm lazy and I didn't want to, you know, make the effort. But I tell you, if you, I don't know, you, you receive such a blessing. If you serve your kids and you go up on the levels with them, you will receive the blessing. I'm a church kid, and I should have known a lot of those things, but I forgot them, and I relearned them for the sake of my kids. And you get to be with saints. It's such a blessing to serve. And I would encourage uh, any of you, even if you think you can't, you'll be with other people who are more experienced who will help you to bring up your kids and impart something of eternal value. You know, the prodigal son... He came back to the father's house because there was something there. You know what I mean? And children's meeting is like you're putting something in there that's of, of tremendous value. And even if your kids depart from the Lord later, they'll have something to come back to. And that's the whole reason why we devote so much time to children's meeting. And the other thing that we did is when my kids went off to college, we prayed for them that the Lord would keep them. And the Lord um, answered our prayer. Again, it's the Lord's mercy, but, you know, we need to cooperate by praying. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord we're in the church. You know, we're not bringing up our kids by ourselves. We have a lot of help if we're open to it. And we have the supply of the Lord's life and the Lord's wisdom. Praise the Lord. I just want to share about my experiences... um from my parents and my grandparents being a pattern to me while growing up. I remember every Lord's Day, we'd always go to the meeting early because my grandfather would always be ready around 8.30, 8.45 a.m. because he would go back there and he would check, him and a group of other brothers would check every radio to make sure the batteries had enough power. They were tuned to the correct um, station for the translation service. So I hate being late to the meetings. And then... um. My father, before he passed, he left me the collected works of Watchman Nee. And um, I want to confirm what Brother Ricky was talking about with the messages for new believers. That is such, that portion is really, really good. I would advise all of you to read it. 
I mean, my wife and I, we both read the, the courtship section together when we were courtshipping. Um, and, or courting, courting, yeah. <laughs> and priorities. Growing up, especially after junior high, high school, I never went to any enrichment class, any prep class, anything for school related. My mom always made it a priority for me to go to the summer schools, the spring conferences, Harvey Cedars, and I felt that was so beneficial. I mean, I still went to school, I went, graduated high school, went to college and everything, but my mom really made sure that I went to all the meetings, and I really appreciate her for doing that. Uh, amen. I'm not sure what I'm going to share. Uh, <laughs> uh, growing up in the church life, uh, I think when I was in the training, a brother talked about being a church kid is like growing up in Mount Zion, and that when we get to the New Jerusalem, people will tell us, what was it like? You were in like the top, the end portion of the age. You know, you were in the recovery. You know, and I realized, at that moment, I realized I took for granted everything that I grew up with (laughs) for years. Um, I think all of these key factors, I would say they're they're real. the pattern and care of my parents, uh, every Friday night, you know, Serena Chen and I and, and a few others, we were always here because our parents were going to the meeting and that was the way it was and we had to figure out a way to play while, quietly while they were in the meeting. Uh, <laughs> but I knew that the priority was always the meetings, even when I was like not happy about it. <laughs> Dynamic personal experience with the Lord Jesus. Um, when I was 17, we took a trip together, a bunch of us sisters, to Puerto Rico and spent three weeks there, and we consecrated ourselves to the Lord and to even to go to the full-time training. And I think most of us ended up going, at least for some portion of the time. Uh, three, having intergenerational relationships. I think this was key. Um, I did see, Some of our serving ones were, I think, also in this, pattern of like sister Irene, Auntie Debbie, who took us all under their their wing and would have us over for dinner before the young people's meeting. That was really precious. Um, I remember sister Irene one time had us over for Lord's, uh, not for Lord's Day, for the New Year's Eve. And then we prayed for like two hours and we were like, whoa, (laughs) this is too much. But you know what? We did it because it was Auntie Irene. Of course you're going to do it. Now? Uh, how many years old? Oh. More senior than you are. Oh, uh, she's probably 55 years older than me, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. So, <laughs> intergenerational for sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say also, what has also kept me is serving the young people. Right. Um, one, because like Brother Steve said, even if you grow up as a church kid, there's a lot you miss, and you gain a lot just by serving with, with the young people. And two, because you have others to take care of. Actually, they shepherd me a lot, too. 
Um, and so I realized that actually having relationships with all ages in the church life, it, I mean, I got to a point, you know, maybe I got burned out a little bit at one point in my 20s, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to serve anymore. But then I realized I don't really have a choice. Like, I'm too in now to get out <laughs> anywhere. Because if you go somewhere, someone else is going to be like, where's Jen? You know, I moved districts the last couple of years a couple times and you know everybody's like where are you now I don't understand I don't see you why don't I see you you know and I realize it makes a difference right it really you're in the church life um and I number three is super key I think um I will always remember brother Dennis and brother Timothy coming to our campus meetings that was really precious because you know we were just a bunch of college students and we didn't know how to what to do with each other but we just had lunch together, and we just enjoyed the, the Lord together. And I realized just trying to get the church life into every part of your life, right. that's what keeps you in the church life, because right. it becomes your life. So, amen. 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 Yeah. I've, been, I, I've also had the benefit of just growing up in the church life. And these points, I think, uh, on why, why they stay are definitely very clear uh, and very match match what happened with me. My parents, they were here, they were serving, and they kind of encouraged me to be here. When I was growing up in elementary school and middle school, I think they even made it a point, oh, you spend so much time watching Saturday morning cartoons. Why don't you spend some time and spend like an hour at the hall on Saturday mornings to try and clean? And from there, I started to build up with some of the saints of different ages. And I still remember, uh, you know, one particular brother, he, he had, had me start washing this board on Saturday mornings. After the morning watch time, we would go. And then uh, he was the one that encouraged me to start with his projector service to, to be here and serve. And, you know, I remember that brother very fondly. Uh, he hasn't been here, but he's on my heart from time to time and try to get in contact with him. So there's the meaningful intergenerational experiences from, from that perspective. But um, even during growing up in high school, the, um, there were some times that I got pulled away from trying to study for, uh, you know, for calculus or for different AP. Looking back on it, I, I kind of realized maybe it wasn't so important to have actually gone to those things. I, you know, I, sometimes I would be here, my, my heart was like there would be a, there would be a, uh, a course on Lord's Day mornings, but I didn't want to be without staying with the saints. Um, I would come to the Lord's table, and I would come for like 15 minutes of singing, and then I'd have to go off and study. But really, looking back on th- those times, I rather would have spent the time over here. I don't think it made too big of a difference. I, I still took the AP exam. I still got, an exa- I got a score back. Was I able to apply college credit for it? Not really. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... And then the, even to the first point, just having a dynamic personal experience. Just, I think it was when I was in 10th grade, I went, to a, uh, I went to a retreat, and it was there. One brother happened to just share about being a friend of God, and that really stuck with, stuck with me, and that caused me to have a consecration before the Lord that I think has kept me to this day. So I mean, to, to reiterate all those different points, just continue to put the Lord as the first place, and it, you know, it, everything else kind of just works itself out. I had to put my two cents in. Um, I really like point number three. I just want to share a testimony. Um, I remember when my kids are small, and, you know, uh, there's always children's meeting, 
So you put your children in the nursery, and some saints would take care of them. But that that morning, I forgot which kid, uh, was sick. And I said, I cannot go. I have to stay with my kid because it's not fair for the serving saints. And I remember Sister Eliana. She's not my grandmother. This is the personal relationship we have. She said to my husband, she says, I think it was Christina, right? Yeah. He says, leave Christina with me. She can give me her call anytime. That stay with me. Even when I feel down, I feel I have no friends, nobody care in the church. I do feel like that sometimes. <laughs> I remember all those moments, saints spend time in love to nourish and cherish my children, help my family. Even nowadays, um, on Thursday morning, there's a sister's prayer meeting. And Ileana faithfully come to my house to pick up Christina to go pray. You know, even when Brother Ed is not feeling well, and there were times she has to go see the doctor herself, she never forgot Christina. You know, that word, love. In all serving, many times, including myself, I tend to be militant. Do this, and that's not right. This is right. You correct. Always in the mode of correction. But there's somewhere along the line, as we're serving, whether we're parents serving our children, or we're serving one, serving others, love has to be most important. And that love is not from us, because we don't have it. We don't have it. The Lord loved us. And he has loved us because he had a purpose he wanted to fulfill. In order for him to fulfill his purpose, right, we all had to be on the same level. We all had to move on. And that love has transpired, um, has infused in our being. We love not because our children are lovely. We love because the Lord has uh, giving us those children to us. And we must continue what the Lord want to accomplish through us, in them, and generation after generation. All those things, generation to, I was looking at a topic, generation to gener, Gen X, is that what it says? Generation, there was an X there, right? Right? There's an X, Gen X. Gen X is 2000, right? Over. It doesn't matter. There's more generation that's to come. And just like Abraham, right? The Lord promised him he will have heirs like the star and the sand of the sea. And we are all part of it. And in going forward, we must not, uh, we must remember the Lord is faithful. Okay? And that brother, I don't know where he is at, you know, his son turned. Not everyone us of us uh, might have experienced that. But we, we can always pray. Somebody today mentioned faith is praying. Right? You pray, you have faith. And let's continue to pray for our children and our children's children.